Hello, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for a role-playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game, so you'll have to listen to it. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Assyria Moli, the Hope of the Abyss. Joining me is my wonderful co-host, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I play the Malboro Juice and his mule companions, the Smogs. All of us use he, him pronouns. We are joined today by Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Tao, the singer with scales, who uses they, them pronouns. Welcome, thanks for joining us today. Now that we're all here, Alex, why don't you tell us about the actual play? Previously in a feat. Worldcore heads the World of the Lost to find a spherical cave of mirror spires and muck. In their reflections, the party sees people from their homeworld. Tau, Smog, and Juice escape to the surface, while Asiri, Geyser, and Pony stop a giant cog ball rolling down. Topside, the group runs into a gang of red skeletons protecting an onyx skeleton before returning inside. Inside, Geyser breaks the ball, releasing seemingly the same swarm of skeletons. Skeletons dissolve in the goop. Tau claims the onyx spine floating in the middle of the mirror spires, and Valentine arrives to collect it. Valentine leads the party back to the city park and the Master of the Lost. They decide to hold on redeeming their reward for the spine to use it for Teddy before they hand over the last organ. They discuss their reflections in the world of the Lost, their meaning to the party, and their relationship to what may be missing in the world of motion. Pony relays her experience with the manticore, they resolve to have one member ingest the same flower as they race the next day. All right, anything to add to that? Now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. Did you really need to program a sleep mode into the car, Alex? Sometimes people have trouble getting going at the start of the session. It's like, I have a fun, stupid idea immediately. <laughs> Let's roll with it. The world car has bed mode, locking in a sleep crystal. So does it turn mm. into like an RV? We didn't talk about what it looks like from the outside at all. Sure. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was more of the seats lay back and turn into a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like a trailer, but no truck at the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good too it just turns into a shipping crate so everyone gets cozy for their sleep for this evening and we resolve to meet in five minutes in the world of the lost <laughs> and boy is it gross this time <laughs> i'm kind of surprised that we actually went this whole session in the world of the lost basically after that brief little bit at the start i feel like it usually doesn't take us an entire session but it's taken us two sessions before. It's taken really. us a little bit less than one before, but I think it's usually around one, yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on how convoluted we're being at a given time. Depends on how headstrong we want to make our characters that day. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I feel like the world was very convoluted. We get in, and it's kind of icky, and got these reflections on spires all around us. We should probably talk about who everybody saw. Yeah, for sure. You look very upset by this, Sammy. <laughs> there are many implications being presented to us here, and I'm mad about it, but also... <laughs> enthralled? The Rammies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's getting our bearings because the world of the lost is the world of the lost, and we start looking around, and the spires in their mirrors, it doesn't reflect back what you would expect your face. It reflects back somebody else and for a siri it was her sister karina for pony it was shiro blanco the unicorn that she has idolized up to that point i didn't realize until just now when you were saying it that that's just white white yes the unicorn. <laughs> yeah yeah that's very good smog and juice saw shinland the evil corporate ceo who's been trying to imprison all of the espers and tears up smog's planet along the way tau is mew the main villain of the caligula effect one of the two games that tau is based on 
who was Tao's inspiration for creating a new world that was a paradise away from the troubles of the real world. But she did it by taking people there unwillingly and draining energy from them while they were in there, while their bodies in the real world atrophied away. Respect your goals, but you did it in the worst way possible (laughs) and kind of hate you for that. Not good. And perhaps most interestingly of all, Geyser didn't see anyone. The mirror was just blank as if it reflected straight through her. I have to wonder if we had gotten here three sessions ago before Geyser changed playbook, if Geyser might have seen someone else in there. But at this point, she's been changed enough that who knows what's going on. I also appreciate Dan being pretty candid with us as a GM and stopping himself here and being like, what does Geyser see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it helps to process the story sometimes and we're like, what is Dan operating like right now? What operating mm-hmm. system is Daniel using today? <laughs> <laughs> it also made it clear that there was a significance not just to the fact that we were seeing someone else, but who we were seeing. It wasn't just, oh, this is one of your links that you started the game with from your original world this is someone specific that is important to what you're doing here to maybe something that you've lost as we're in the world of the lost yeah and that they're all specific to our unique worlds rather than somebody we've run into along our journey two of them are the big bads as far as i understand i don't think shiro blanco is trying <laughs> to destroy the world or some shit yeah pony didn't see Farquad in there god that would be so funny that'd be a hell of a heel turn if this pure and beautiful white white unicorn is gonna destroy <laughs> the world what's going on with the series sister though <laughs> yeah the million seashell question huh <laughs> The million sand dollar question. You're so right. <laughs> it's simultaneously complicated and simple. Karina is just a series sister, but if I had played Karina instead of a series, she would have definitely been a discarded because she got passed up for the role that a series was chosen for. There's a little bit of jealousy, and there's been a couple situations where, because a series culture, there's no lying, there's been some manipulation about what the right thing to do is, and some not-so-correct choices that have been pushed by her sister that a series should make, that a series was oblivious to until she woke up to the fact that she's the abyss. So now she's just like, this is weird. I don't know about this. A little bit of inspiration for a series is Starfire, which makes Karina the Blackfire in this situation. Okay. So take that as you will. I'm not sure where Dan's going with this, but I do think it is an appropriate choice to be seen here. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I said any specific inspiration for Shinland. I mean, obviously, I've mentioned that his name comes from Shinra and Garland, (laughs) but that's about as far as that comparison goes (laughs) he's the embodiment of shinra and as evil as garland i guess (laughs) see i I couldn't quite make out what the name was so i thought it was like shenlong like dragon yeah i did that on purpose it's as well but dan and i have talked about what bahamut might look like in smog's world and that Shinlan's ambition might have been to get a hold of Bahamut. Does that make sense? It's always the big one. Sometimes I think like Alexander has been really important in one of the games, but I feel like Bahamut, there's always some big story beat around. A Siri being a Siri, on one hand is like, that's not right. That's not my reflection. But on the other hand, it's like, that's my sister. I would like to see her. It's been a while. <laughs> She tries to reach through the mirror dimension and pull her sister through. This does not go <laughs> as planned. No, not really. <laughs> in the like gaping darkness of the hole she's created in this mirror, she grabs a bone and it's cold in there. And then the bone leaves her hand. And then she's like, that's not my sister. That's a skeleton. I wonder with what we'll get into later about the recursiveness of this world. If you had gone through there, if you would have ended up where the skeletons were. I think so. I think that would have been the case. It would have been really funny if you had just pulled the bone out there and then you'd have this mine. <laughs> okay, I should have done that. I thought about that, but I was like, this is weird. I don't really want to just blindly grab things. 
If it I was mean, Swamp doing it, I probably would have just been like, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I can't eat this, so nor do I want to eat this, so I'm not going to take that with me. What do we make of the overall shape of this world? Because we haven't talked a ton about it. It's a big orb with spikes. The gravity is thus that it sticks to the inside, like some Super Mario Galaxy levels. It's completely identical no matter where you go, but there's just like this stinky ass goo everywhere and it's tar-like and it's just gross and it's hard to move through. The tar is where I'm still struggling. The shape of everything, the mirrors, and then having the ball within the ball. That all makes sense to me. Like it's, it's all a play on reflections, on staying still, on examining something in that stillness. Yeah. Tar that yeah. goes along with that, yeah. I, I was just about to say, I feel like tar ties into that well, and it's also a mirror to, in the outside world of motion, the wind, where as you're moving faster, the wind picks up and moves you faster, whereas the tar is, as you sit in it, you sink in and get harder to move, settle in further, and that might be something that's missing from the world of motion that they've lost is the ability to settle down. If you get trapped in tar, there's a chance of you being perfectly preserved there for forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An interesting contrast to what we've seen in the other worlds of the Lost, because the names of the other worlds have implied a theme they'll have to work around that will have some sort of issue in that world. But for the world of motion, it's like the motion itself is the issue. <laughs> if this world of the Lost is really pointing to something that the world needs, it feels pretty different from the other worlds of the Lost in that way. Yeah, it seems like both are in excess of something. The other worlds of the Lost have also pointed to what the world needs in a way. Yes. Back in the world of Song, it was these individual recording booths siloed away. We had to stay quiet in there, very different from the very loud, very public competitive thing. And the World of Ages was crowds whole crowded area what it really needed was to restart the cycle to get people back but it also pointed to the issues those people had before loan made (laughs) the decision to let them basically die out and end time (laughs) yeah possibly so it's an interesting reflection on each of the world we should mention just because swoggle cast the spell again the area is very dark at first, and so that everyone can see it. Smog shoots a Dia spell right into the center of the room, and the whole sphere lights up. It's when we see that we're on the inside of this sphere with all these spires all around it. And I think that's also the moment where the 40-foot spiked orb is released from <laughs> the ceiling. I was entirely expecting to be like in one of those like motorcycle death cages where they're like. <laughs> yes. I was expecting something like that to happen. Oh god! Some sort of Mad Max situation. Yeah. <laughs> that just reminds me of the Danganronpa death, where someone gets trapped into those and accelerated until he turns into butter. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Smog, Juice, and Tad decide to escape through the newly opened hole while a Siri geyser and pony seem slightly more interested in stopping the giant ball hurtling toward them. <laughs> it is a 40-foot orb. You gotta stop it. You must stop the orb. <laughs> must you, though? <laughs> it turns out that, yeah, we had to. <laughs> a perfectly slotted spherical gear. Its spikes fit perfectly between the spires of the ground. The design of it captivates me. Yeah, I kind of want to see something like this in real life. You want to get crushed by the 40-foot orb? Mm, no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we need, like, a four-inch replica. Yes. <laughs> Juice and Smog and Tao decide to leap upward, but they're racing against time because the hole is slowly closing. I like how Tao was just like, I'm just gonna grapple up there, just with mm-hmm. my ribbons. Juice had been playing with the tar basically is like sticking it onto the spires and also propelling himself up. We have Tao using their extreme speed to get up there, slingshot off those spires with ribbons, and pull juice up as well. I didn't know Tao was a Rayquaza. <laughs> Dragon is that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Mega Evolve Tau. <laughs> yeah, their ultimate form is just Mega Evolve. <laughs> I can't remember why, but we did talk about what if Sammy did the Pokemon characters for this one, the Jigglypuff and Rotom amalgam. God, I should have done oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> God, can you remember why I mentioned that? Maybe I was thinking like, we saw something in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, that's what would be in the mirror. If that's right, yeah, you're right. You were like, what would that? What would they see? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Ash Ketchum, fuck. Deoxys. <laughs> Loudred. God. You're so mortal right. enemy of Jigglypuff. <laughs> Porygon. Porygon. Por- <laughs> Porygon and Loudred. <laughs> you're so right. Oh my god. They break the surface. Again, very Mario Galaxy-like, the gravity switches because they're on the outside of the orb now, so it's more planetary like we're used to. It's a pure bright blue sky with a watery pool on the ground, and there's these goddamn skeletons everywhere. So many skeletons. I wish I would have had Dan expand on this a little more because I realized these could have been a lot of different types of skeletons, like not all human skeletons. We didn't talk about that at all. No. As as far as I'm aware, these are humanoid skeletons, but this is a question for Daniel. Yeah. Just considering that there are so many different types of people within the world of motion, especially. Yeah. I think there might be some variety in these skeletons that we didn't talk about. There is certainly some variety in that the vast majority (laughs) of them are red, but one is onyx black. The red ones were kind of protecting the black one from us as we got out there. Definitely had, like, herd mentality where they just, like, crowded around the vulnerable member. I have to wonder if the manifestations of the world of the lost understand that the master's body parts are breathing life into them. Because, and that's the implication the master has given us, is that they shouldn't exist. When they come back together, things might not exist in the world of the lost anymore. Therefore, their body parts are, like, powering these things up. The world of the lost shouldn't exist in general, at least in a tangible form. Mm-hmm. Well, that's completely plausible. Just the to the level of what the individuals in that created space know about this must vary depending on the situation. Looking back on it again at the other worlds of the lost, I think Ages was the only one where we saw other figures in the world of the lost that recognized and were venerating the organ, the gold heart. In the world of the lost spirit, why the fuck was the stomach inside one of the animals? I mean, the spine was inside one of these skeletons. I don't know if it's inside. There's nothing to be inside on a skeleton. Well, Wow <laughs> did like try to pick up the spine, and it wasn't like a clean separation. It was a part of that skeleton. That's true. Yeah. And I guess the lungs were like embedded into the recording studio. Yeah, that one's kind of weird. <laughs> We were in the thing we had to pull it out of. Yeah, ugh. It's like that Garfield comic. <laughs> I don't know if I was on that episode of the podcast, but I had this whole conspiracy theory that we were actually inside the lungs and like a throat as we were getting those lungs. They do seem to manifest into larger systems each time, so that's not a bad way of thinking about it, probably. And there is certainly a reflection of the organ type here. This world seems highly structured. There's a certain, like, hunger and chase energy to the world of the lost spirit. The interlocking spikes, just like vertebra. <laughs> Joints. Ooh. So that Tau can approach the onyx skeleton, Smog Cassidia again, this time using it like a turn undead to make all the skeletons plop down. It's absolutely disassembled all of these innocent red skeletons. I was looking it up on the Final Fantasy wiki because in the most recent game in 16, they made it the like basic light magic spell. I was like, no, I've seen this before. And it's something that's supposed to have extra effect against undead creatures and is supposed to be basically dispel undead. And I guess the A sound is at the beginning of the Japanese word for whatever undead is. I noticed while peeking in the wiki. So it's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to just cast the same spell again. There's a lot of stuff in Final Fantasy that's basically D&D again. <laughs> D&D <laughs> too. <laughs> I guess one little interesting bit of foreshadowing here that we kind of skimmed over is after we saw the skeleton, 
cut back to inside the orb, Geyser starts trying to make a giant ball of cotton candy to stop the spike ball from moving. And as it hits that, Tau and Smog feel a bit of a jolt. of. (laughs) I just love how cartoonish D has made a lot of Geyser's powers. And this is the culmination of new cotton candy Geyser by literally cotton candying. That is a lot of cotton candy to cover 40 foot diameter. She did just ingest a lot of cotton candy. That's nasty. The way that D chose to describe guys who are doing this by pulling a single hair and then like keep <laughs> pulling <laughs> eternally out, that's fucking gross. That's but I love it. Hilarious. <laughs> it's just a scarf trick but with hair. Yeah, with hair that is cotton candy. Oh, Pony takes a moment here being distracted by mirrors. I don't know if horses in general pass the mirror test. Not that that's a great way to metric intelligence, but she was definitely captivated by the repeated motions that Shiro does in the same way that she's moving. It takes her a lot longer to break free of the fixation of what's being shown. It's really scary to think about Pony still so obsessed with stuff like this, given what we learn later on in the session. But eventually she does break free. And then she's like, oh no, a giant spike orb is coming towards us. I better support my friends. And chooses to use some psychoglass and make a giant catcher's mitt. In the moment, I was like, psychoglass. But we don't have our physical stuff. But then I was like, no. Pony is so attuned to psychoglass now that it's just something that she psychically lives with. Like, it makes sense for her to have it here. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but... I think that's kind of right. Pony's just gotten so used to using the Psycho Glass, it's basically an extension of herself. I love Mickey Mouse Glove, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great detail. Yes. We hop back to the exterior of the sphere. Smog suggests to Tao to ask the Master what color their spine is? Tao tries to grab the black skeleton's spine and it doesn't stop the world from moving like every other world did when we got the master's organs smog was like hey see if the master knows what color their spine is (laughs) see if it's this black one or one of the red ones they have no fucking clue of course they don't know zoomed (laughs) off too far they don't have their brain to remember they were literally being torn apart Mm -hmm. if i was being drawn and quartered there probably isn't much i would see Would you take a moment to notice the color of your bones as that was happening? (laughs) Probably not in reality, but mentally. (laughs) Every bit of that moment would be etched upon my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much as like, oh, Edgelord Supreme, but more of like, oh, dark fascination. I'm not allowed to watch me get blood drawn for tests anymore because I get so excited it messes up my hormone results. (laughs) 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 They're like, you can't watch anymore. So I'm like, dang it. (laughs) I used to have no issue with getting blood drawn and I get a little faint now. I don't know what changed. Oh, well. The blood. The blood. (laughs) I like how the master suggests you bring one of each. (laughs) (laughs) That must work. (laughs) You got a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I suppose. What was influencing your decision to talk to the skeletons here? They weren't violent. (laughs) I was also the one to suggest it. Fixate on the two powers that Tao has to locate people and talk to people, because I would use those all the fucking time. (laughs) So Swag is constantly like, hey, use your powers. (laughs) Yeah, like, Tao went up and tried to talk to it. It wasn't responding, so Smog was like, Use your special mind link power to talk to it with the little chibi Tao popping up in their heads up display. Does that mean you get a little chibi Skellington in your display? Yes, actually. I love that. Although I gotta admit, this entire session I was imagining the skeletons as like chibi skeletons where their skulls were a solid third of their body size. Previously mutated <laughs> skeleton. Horrible pop proportions. I love that. After Tao can't get the spine, they start going like, well, do you have like a brain in there somewhere? Is that what we need to get here still? Let <laughs> <laughs> me just crack your skull open and just rip that out. As if that was a normal thing to say to somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, to a skeleton. Skeletons are people too, apparently. 
You're just helping them be more skeleton, right? Yeah, take away more of the meat. (laughs) It's a parasite. I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Parasite is such a weird term. (laughs) As a biologist. Tao calls into a Siri to be like, hey, any progress in there? Because we don't find anything out here. There's just skeletons. They don't seem to be doing much for us. Back on the inside, Tao's checking back in with the Siri. They're not doing very much. And there's nothing very exciting going on inside either. It's just the slowly, ominously rolling ball that has been caught by Pony's Mitch. But there's really not much else going on inside other than gloop. Um, Thank you, Matt Paltrow. Woohoo! Okay, is, is this what we're going to be like, talk about things Sammy hates? Hell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't need my ire being drawn to pseudoscience. A Siri responds to Tao that's just like, nothing is really going on in here. And I like how Tao immediately is like, hey, skeleton, do you want to see the inside of what's going on? I asked if the skeleton knows anything about the inside, which seems kind of reasonable to say like, hey, you've been here do you know stuff about the world that can help us skeleton's never been on that side of the world i guess i think smog's the one that recommends okay we should get back together with the rest of the group we should go back inside and bring the skeleton and tal's like skeleton do you want to come see that and it's like no i don't want to be in danger that sounds very dangerous (laughs) you can't guarantee my safety so i'm gonna stay here where i've always been i love how this thing doesn't know anything well it's baby it just got made Mm -hmm. like months ago it just got skeletoned before we go smog brings back all the skeleton friends by using his necromantic prowess I couldn't find, like, a player spell to do this, but I did see Mm. that bosses had the ability to raise undead in Final Fantasy, which makes sense. Smog's a mid-boss, why not? Yeah, feels appropriate. Skellingtons are usually some of the easier things to make in role-playing games. It's true, they're, like, perfect fodder for fighting. (laughs) (laughs) The guys join us back inside the Battle Dome. The series is like, we should break this thing. It seems very brittle and nothing else is going on, so we might as well just destroy it so it doesn't crush us. And Geyser's just like, alright, let me Omega Power Fist this. Geyser's like, why I wanna... <laughs> Rolls up sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls entire fist in oh God. Which is probably more accurate considering the cartoon <laughs> nonsense that's been happening. I think that's how she described it. Not in Popeye terms explicitly, but like completely rolling the arm around and winding up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not a loading your fist type thing like Henry Cavill. Yeah. (laughs) Geyser obliterates the side of the sphere, which crumbles to pieces and then brings the skeletons inside. I don't know why I keep saying skeleton. It's a skeleton. The skeleton inside and then... They touch the goop and then melt into the goop, and the goop turns red, like the mm. skeleton. I asked what it smelled like after, because I'm like, oh, this is going to have like an irony blood scent. And it's like, no, it still smells the same. It's like, oh, no, that's even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was expecting like a meat smell or for some reason, like a vinegar smell. I don't know why my brain went to that or cinnamon was the other thing I was thinking of. But I think that's entirely because of big red. <laughs> I would have accepted red wine vinegar smell. When things melt into other things, you usually expect a change of smell, but it didn't. It was all food coloring. The good news is, since we broke the egg, I guess, the spine we needed floated out. I assumed that was the black skeleton melting into the goop and leaving behind just the spine. Yeah, but this also reveals just how recursive this world is. The ground shaking when Tao and Smog and Juice were upside was because this thing was stopped, but it was also inside of it. (laughs) Recursive chamber. (laughs) Right, I've been having Smog have a little line here and there, just trying to guess at what is missing from the world of motion. It's like, see the skeleton's like, is everybody missing their dang bones? And then at this (laughs) point, it's like, oh no, they've lost recursion. I can't program anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The ball rolling on the inside was like if the inside was outside. So that's why it slots in with the other things. Inside of that was the outside of the one that we were actually sanding in. God, I love that. 
And Asiri is very confused in the brief moment that she sees the skeletons. And because they should be dead. That is not how the natural order of things works. Also, Asiri just hasn't seen many skeletons, period, aside from, like, whale carcasses. She eats them. Why would she (laughs) look at them? (laughs) Yeah. I guess each of the other characters would at least have some passing fantasy knowledge of animated skeletons like guys are probably seen something about it on tv at some point at the very least tau there's probably like a skeleton vocaloid or something and then pony and smog probably have just seen animated skeletons for real yeah this is just a concept that's just lost on the series she's like dead things things are dead and i like how smog was like you never had like a nightmare or something and the series like you don't understand how i sleep (laughs) (laughs) i'm still awake when i'm asleep this doesn't work this way what are shark dreams like? I would love to know. That's actually a fascinating <laughs> research question that I have looked into, but we don't have time to get into that here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not so much sleep as it is a rest state, so she is still awake when she's asleep. It would just be wild to hallucinate a little bit while you're moving around. <laughs> I've flavored this as, like, you can have a conversation with a Siri while she's sleeping, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a very understandable conversation it's very it's either very shallow or very confusing <laughs> or both the world of the lost gives us that hard separation though so it's harder to have a scene like that yeah i wish dan did a little bit more of that because i did tell him this before we started but i understand why you need that clean break because that gets some real fucky territory and we don't all have to go to the world of the lost anymore but it's also hard to then think of a scene that would be interesting around a Siri being half asleep. Yeah. While someone else is talking to her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe we'll find it someday. That's okay. I can wait patiently <laughs> for shark dreams. Teddy then just pops out of one of the mirrors casually. In traditional fashion, just shows up once we've collected our organ of choice. I think Dan knows that he can't pull the same trick twice to not have like thumping coming in from one of the spires <laughs> or something. <laughs> That would have been pretty funny, though. Yeah, but I do like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood sort of just coming in from, like, the side of a door like a puppet show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's great. And everyone's asking about the bus. No bus stop. Teddy just, I guess, walked through the mirror, behind the mirror world to get here. And we go with him to get back. The interesting thing is Teddy states that they don't always remember the transitions here. Yeah. Swag has a handy justification that it's, sometimes it's hard to remember dreams. Maybe that's similar moving between dream-like places. Valentine just sort of nods at that. Yeah, I don't think Valentine is questioning too much of their existence right now. It's going to be so yeah. funny when Valentine comes back and they're just a teddy bear. Just an actual teddy bear. I am so excited for them to just be an inanimate object. <laughs> Egg on my face if that's incorrect, but like 100%, I would bet money on it. <laughs> it doesn't make preparing Susie f- feel like less at all. It just makes it funny. Mm-hmm. And it's also something you would tell a little kid to like, oh, you're going to get a new friend and you're going to take care of them. And like, here's this beautiful little toy for them. It's cute and funny if it is the case. And <laughs> if it's not the case, then she's prepared for an animate stuffed bear. God. <laughs> Pa being like, do I have to get more stuffing? What what does a stuffed bear eat? Why is it always a bear? (laughs) You can change back at any time, little buddy. (laughs) Can't change into a little child doll? (laughs) Oh, do I have transforming dolls there? There's so many questions. Horsefly sitting back in that cabin out in the woods carving like a transformer. (laughs) I love that. Holy shit, that's beautiful. When we pop out of the fucking sewers... (laughs) (laughs) we arrive at the master's terrifying ice cream cart i love the master Mm -hmm. i know i've said this like a million times but how delightful is it to have a character that is serving ice cream that is also themselves (laughs) dan also mentioned there were a dozen tongues licking the ice cream cone (laughs) at the same time so wonderfully messed up disgusting i love them i also like how they refer to us as two scoops of fun served right away oh man also smog being like do you have vegan ice cream (laughs) (laughs) and then finding out that all the food here is spoiled of course 
or otherwise lost. I like to joke that it's the raisins behind the couch or like the popcorn on the floor of the movie theater. Oh, it's those old, like, savory jello dishes. Oh, like the 40s? Everything in yeah. pectin? Yeah. That, they're just lost because no one wants to make them anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I have recipes for them. If you really want to try them, I can do <laughs> no. But <laughs> I think that's fine staying lost. <laughs> I think we pretty quickly get through. We're not going to use the organ right away. Mm-hmm. We're going to save it for Teddy, because who knows what the fuck happens after the brain comes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tao has an interesting suggestion, though. Could we get a butterfly? It seems like the butterflies have been lost. No one's able to find them in the world of motion. Could we get one of those? Master says yes, but it wouldn't work exactly how we thought it would. Which feeds into a series theory from an episode or two ago, where... It's not that the butterflies are actually granting the wishes, it's that they're maybe responding to wishes being granted. I feel like I'm in like a puzzle that is like 88% finished, but there's like a couple pieces where I'm like, I don't know where these go. And I feel like once we start our next session where we, we're like planning on to like burrow into the earth, maybe things will start going together. Like I think I see it. It's real fuzzy picture right now, but I'm just missing that moment of clarity that I'm going to need to see what the hell's going on here. Are we burrowing into the earth next session? I thought someone was taking drugs with Pony. Both of those things will be happening. Yeah. Or okay. we'll take drugs and then start digging. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we need to dig. We might be able to go underwater enough now that the world is the way it is. It could change in the middle. We could start flying and have to make a gliding descent. Terminal velocity. <laughs> As Teddy gives the master their organ back and they do the gross thing of reabsorbing it, Asiri poses the question of, how do you feel? Because the last time we talked to the Master about their organs, they said they were having weird feelings. And the Master is dodging the question and just, like, straight up lying to Asiri. Rude. Don't do that. Eventually, they're like, they can't help but feel like something else is missing. And it seems to imply that something other than the brain, but they don't know because they don't have their brain. We do mention getting Juice 2 to find it. I wonder if it's Juice 2 that's still missing, and they're just not putting those things together. It could be, but the fact they say someone instead of something is not triggering alarm bells, but raising curiosity flags, I guess. Like, like pin this here, we need to come back to it later. This prompts someone to be like, well, something weird is going on. Have you felt like you're being watched? And the master immediately understands, like, oh, you're asking about the governance. <laughs> and they're like, what do you know? And he's like, I know what you know. which fair but they've also known when we've been in here so it would stand to reason they would know when other things have intruded upon this space the governance getting into there would be pretty bad given how connected the world of the lost is to all the other worlds already yeah that might be like a last ditch effort situation emergency stops that's where our final battle will take place oh (laughs) lord Dude, I don't want to die in the world of the lost. You die for real. You 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 are gone from ever existing. <laughs> if you stop being lost. Yeah, if, if you die in the world of the lost, does that mean you come to life in the real world? Because you're not lost anymore? You're erased from existence forever, bro. <laughs> it's a literal battle of ideals. Yes! <laughs> I want to be sacred geometry. I don't want to be gone. <laughs> figure that out it's like no nobody's coming into the world of lost with us if it has to be anyone that goes it's just us no we're not bringing people in <laughs> absolutely not through <laughs> this discussion of like thoughts and thinking the master prods pony to share their experiences with the manticore the master has all the ponies lost thoughts now so and pony spills the beans about the fake real world around us the real fake world about plato's cave that she went to platonic allegory of the cave but reverse <laughs> tau actually follows up with this and questions it but assyrian smog seem happy to jump into it because it ties together ideas from the world of motion and the world of the lost there tau is just noticing you ate a flower and then you had some visions <laughs> of being in a different place are you sure that really <laughs> happened? I love how grounded in reality Tal is, despite being a dragon. 
Despite being a thought. Despite being a thought and a computer program and a dragon and also a microphone and also a dancer. (laughs) Is Tao human or is Tao dancer? I know Tao is dancer. Yeah. That's why Tao doesn't look as human as before, because now Tao is dancer. Mm, Makes sense. Get a bit into what we thought of the world of loss that we've already talked about earlier in this episode. But then we get to something new, which is what we think the reflections that we saw specifically meant. And this is where things get meaty <laughs> and depressing, because there seems to be the terrible implication that Smog eventually realizes that these people are reflections of what could be our own ruination, or could lead us to our downfall. Not so exactly, but people that we should think about their actions in order to not lead to our own downfall. Reflect on what they did, and either learn from that or avoid that in different ways. I love that early on in the conversation, we didn't really understand much. Smog was like, I hope a freak's burning that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Siri's like, I don't know what any of that means. (laughs) (laughs) a slightly different context to what each person sees. Pony, we haven't heard much about this unicorn yet, but I think her goal is going to have to be setting a different ideal for herself and not necessarily the ideal that you wanted to live up to before was bad, but there's something else out there for you. Chasing what you think you want to be completely missing what you actually need to be and something that might be better for you overall. Mm-hmm. There's a warning somewhere in there for Smog not to lead into destruction. <laughs> well, <laughs> end of the world, something, something. Yeah, I yeah. think maybe also not to lean into grabbing all of this power and control through all of these time loops. There, there's a danger there of overreaching. I don't see that as an issue for any of the versions of Smog that I have around already. It could be something I lean into. For Tao, it's kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. Tao already thinking, like, Mew is my inspiration for creating this world, but I don't want to do it the way that she did. I think Tao's constantly thinking about Mew in the back of their mind. It's so convoluted with the Siri, because a lot of it has to do with, like, familiar relationships and community and what is best for her people who are functionally in an extinction spiral right now. The added baggage that it's just directly her sister who she's idolized for a little bit, especially before all this, and now she's clear to the fact that she's been used. It's a lot for her to process, but now that she knows a lot of the truth of what's going on, it's a warning. Be careful of what you do and what you choose who might be manipulating you. Be careful of what you reveal to people. Don't expect your view of your people to be what you thought it was. Hmm. There's a lot of ways that this could build. All of them are not great for a Siri right now. <laughs> <laughs> Geyser spends some extra time thinking on her own nothingness and realizes she already had that interaction with the mirror that the master gave her, and that's why she didn't need to see anything. Yeah, but it is interesting to think of what she could have seen. The obvious choice is Jill. She did already see that in the mini mirror. It could have also very easily just been herself, because she's the one that's put herself in that position to begin with. What would have made me stumble in Dan's position is that there's not another imaginary friend that Diaz told us about that has had a ton of power and themselves made a mess in her homeworld. It's more the implication that the worlds are colliding that has spelled disaster and they've been able to contain the imaginary friends as far as we understand. That's also kind of what Tao suggests when talking about why Geyser didn't see anyone. Maybe, Geyser, you're just in uncharted territory. No one else has really been in this kind of situation that you've met before, so you kind of need to figure this out for yourself. Coming to this realization, we've talked a little bit more about the world of the lost here and its relation to the world of motion, about not sitting somewhere to reflect, just constantly changing. We move back into Pony and talking about our plan to have someone eat the flower while we're racing tomorrow. Siri is not volunteering for this job because she doesn't want to get sick, mostly. <laughs> She'll do it, but she's just like, I would prefer not to. 
was the determination that since Tao has the communication capabilities that Tao is going to eat the flower when we wake up. Yeah, who knows if we'll actually be in a different place from each other at that point, or if it'll be more of a dipping into another dimension kind of thing, where we're still technically close to each other, but can't see each other to communicate. Figured it's probably good if Tao goes in to be that line of communication. I would agree with that, because they have the most flexibility, no matter what happens anyway. The next session is going to answer a lot of questions. Yep, we're ready to start. We got Yote out by the flute, yeah. by the master's flute. Because mm-hmm. this is the one world where I've been like, I'm very confused as to what the heck is going on here. Everything else, every other world, I've been like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I see what the theme stands pulling here. But uh, maybe it's because I haven't seen Shrek recently that I'm missing something. <laughs> I think this works really well with Pony, at least the, the world of the lost here. Yeah. Pony's always so focused on the future version of herself something that she thinks is missing that she never takes stock of what she already has and she's just starting to think about training and improving what she already has into something bigger uh yeah i don't have anything else (laughs) i lost my train of thought it's gone all i have to add is that smog wakes up curled in at the end of tau's tail (gasps) you're right Mm -hmm. that's so cute smog tau (laughs) ship real <laughs> and we wanted to like recreate the Moogle art where it's like curled up. If you just Google Moogle, you'll find like a curled up Moogle. They're very hmm. like compactable. They mm-hmm. are. Just put that in your pocket, take it on your adventure with you. <laughs> like a sugar glider? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would love to see a sugar yeah. glider Moogle. <laughs> uh, I don't think they've ever been quite that small. Maybe if you're a giant. Try it now. Did <laughs> Smog ever consider <laughs> that? <laughs> just oh. just making himself tiny yeah. so he can be a sugar yeah. <laughs> Just Smog can definitely cast mini, so just make himself tiny. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's a little guy. <laughs> Put him in your pocket, you sure? Hey! Hey, what's up? Oh, oh, do that. Oh <laughs> make his voice deeper. <laughs> That's even funnier. Hey. <laughs> off. There we go. <laughs> Get out of my goddamn way. <laughs> Let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Zach? Join us next time where Tao trips balls from weird mushrooms Pony gives them. You can find me at Zach Defense on Blue Sky, and I'm also going to jump in here with a media recommendation, as per Alex as usual. I'm I'm going to recommend the web serial Pale. The last official chapter was recently published. The epilogues are currently being published as we're recording, so by the time it, this episode's out, it's probably finished. It's an incredibly good story. I based my previous game's interstitial character on this world because the magic system is just so good. About three teenage witches who get recruited to help solve the murder of a god you would think solving a murder in a world where no one can lie would be easy it's not and it goes wild from there and it's only like five times as long as the bible so quick read i'm assuring you (laughs) what about you alex if you haven't already maybe take this opportunity to reflect you can find me at shining crowbat on blue sky this week i recommend the nib it is a now temporarily ended magazine. I managed to get all of the PDFs for free. They had that for a little bit, but it seems like that is not the case anymore. You'll have to pay for them again. But it is a mostly nonfiction collection of comics. There's lots of autobio, history, biography, documentary, and some political. Each issue has a topic, and I feel like they do a very good job of sticking to the topic. They also have sections where an artist will draw responses from subscribers about some questions related to the topic. So it's not all words coming directly from writers or artists themselves. And for myself, I guess the real question is, who are you without your community? Who are you without your family? 
Who are you? You can find me at the bottom of your abandoned projects pile. Like, you should come back and finish these. Like, you've got some great stuff here. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP. Except Instagram, which is at Resolve Afterplay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com. All links will be included in the episode description. Thank you again for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us about what's happening in your game. 